What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the HoopsHype podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by a longtime 76ers beat reporter and my main man, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And we're going to take a look at a bunch of topics for the Sixers today. On tap, we got the James Harden trade talks, Joel Embiid's future, could PJ Tucker be on the move as well, Tyrese Maxey, and the chances of him doing an extension or not. Quick look at the Sixers offseason thus far, a little bit Nick Nurse, and maybe a little bit of Daryl Morey's future too. Keith, appreciate you joining me, brother. How's your summer treating you uh, so far? You know what? Um, it's been good, man. It's been crazy, though, right? Like, you know, here you think that, yo, I could just, you know, chill for a little bit, go go to uh, New Orleans with the family. And now every five minutes I'm calling people trying to see what's going on with the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, well, the biggest thing going on with them is James Harden and, and the trade talks for him and, and his future. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because, you know, you look at, the situation he had a player option and and some with the Sixers were a little bit surprised that Harden opted into the final year of his player option um you know but to my understanding the best that the Sixers would have considered was something along the lines of a two-year deal which would have included a team option and that type of short-term commitment that wasn't going to appeal to to Harden as we know so then in that instance Harden knew the team he wanted to go to and now Lord knows we all do, the Clippers. And the only way to get there and to get his money was to opt in because of their restrictions with the salary cap. And so there's obviously still been dialogue between the two teams. Like you touched on, you've been making calls a lot to check in and see what's going on there. Um, I mean, as for Harden and Maury, it's been a while since they've spoken and their relationship is done. Um, I mean, when you kind of look at the landscape for um, trade talks with with James and and Philly and potentially going to the Clippers. Uh, where do you see things kind of standing at the moment as of uh, this recording here on August fourth? You know, I I, I I really don't see much as this recording came on August fourth. I feel like you know for for both teams, there's really, I mean, yes, you would love to get it done yesterday, right? Um, on August the third, but 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 I feel like you know it's really not a rush to do anything un- until right before the start of the season. You know I, I feel like you know if you're the Sixers, you know you want what you want, and and if you're um, the Clippers, you don't want to give up what you don't want to give up until this time, and you feel like you don't have to do it until things get closer. And and let's be real, there's as you alluded to in the beginning. There's not a market for James Harden. So if you're the Clippers, why should I give up something for a guy where there's not a lot of other teams beating down your door to get him? And if you're the 76ers, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, why should I just give him away for nothing? Um, if 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 doing that may make my team uh, take a step backwards. So. You know, right now, I feel like until the season gets ready to, to talk, I mean, starts, we're not really going to see any real uh, discussions in, in regards to James Harden. You know, it's interesting. I I would say with that, um, I think, you know, obviously there were other teams that poked around that, that, that have been out there, including, you know, the Knicks 
you know, anytime there's a star, the Knicks will, you know, check in. Uh, and there were a few other teams reported, but with, with James, I mean, my sense is, you know, Harden would ideally like a trade before training camp begins. And I mean, we've, we've seen previously in Houston, how a disgruntled Harden can be in camp, whether it's, you know, I know people joke on NBA Twitter about the fat suit and <laughs> like the way he was with teammates and certainly in press conferences. Um, I, I wonder if Philly has the stomach for that and Daryl Morey if, you know, going into camp because it's been reported like he would go to camp. I'm not going to miss out on money if it if it went that far, which makes sense. But um, the, the whole thing is interesting. I mean, you know, you look at James and, um, you know, like you talked about the teams interested in him and, and whatnot, Keith, and it's like, it almost for us, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but there are some parallels here to what Dallas did with, I think, Kyrie Irving. Um, because you looked at the number of teams that had or had not had interest in Kyrie, and, you know, not a lot of teams would have paid him, but, you know, Dallas did with, you know, they traded assets to get him and then they paid him to keep him long term. And, you know, if you look at Harden and Philly, well, he helped Joel Embiid win an MVP and, you know, he had sacrificed money to help them get PJ Tucker and, and Daniel house. And, you know, he changed the way he played and, you know, became more of a point guard and shot the three point ball, I think like tied for his best percentage and he led the league in assists. So, I mean, w- with that all said, um, I, do you, do you think you still think it's by the season? You don't think maybe by camp, I mean, it, well, that's what I mean, like closer towards the season, like, you know, when, when okay. camp, it could be. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my, my thing is because when we're talking about that, like let's, let, the things that you brought up, like if you're you, you're talking about the fat suit. Right. I mean, you're talking about all this other stuff. So if you're the Sixers, yeah, you want to have this stance where we're just not giving them away. But if you're. um if you're the Clippers, you're thinking like, yo, y'all don't really want to do this, do you? So it's kind of like you're, you're you're playing each other like, you know, like, I mean, I'm, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of like you're not going to wait, are you? Yeah, I'm going to wait. Uh, you know, I, I know. you. So, yeah, I mean, a fat suit could happen, I guess. But but here's the deal. Um, when you look at James and the one thing that you did say that made a lot of sense. If you're the 76ers, Daryl Moore, you're in a tough spot right now because, you know, you look at it and you saw the type of season that James Harden had. Now, if he doesn't want to be there, it could go left. But you saw the type of season that he had, Joel and Maxie and all these other guys. You don't there's not another player that you can go out and get for the value that you have James Harden at that can do the same exact things. So in a way, there's a chance of you hoping and praying that if I can get these assets and get these players to where I can hurry up and flip them and get that caliber of player, if not, if I can't do that, I'm better off with James. But again, James has to be bought in because you look at the Sixers, and I hate to say this, with James Harden, the Sixers probably aren't good enough to win a championship with this current roster the way it is, including James Harden. 
But if you take James Harden off this roster, you don't have another ball handler, another facilitator, another guy that has this confidence in this leadership that he provided on his team last year. So you're basically saying, I'm not good enough with him, but I'm sure as heck not good enough to get where we got last year without him, right? Unless Maxi takes a step, major step up. So, you know, the Sixers are in a, a pickle, so to speak, that, yeah, of course, you want to get it taken care of, resolved one way or another, like leading before a training camp. But I'm just saying right now on August the 4th, you know, you, you're looking at it. If, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not going to just wake up uh, and at, at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock and say, let's call Daryl and say we're going to give him whatever we want. And I'm not Daryl Morey saying, hey, because let's face it, something we'll talk about later. You know, Daryl Morey is going to be judged a lot. His future could depend on what's happening with this trade. And you're not just going to give James Harden away. No, that's true. I mean, look, I I think with with all that stuff you mentioned, I agree. They're, they're not a championship contender now. Lord knows we're going to talk about the offseason. Um, I mean, well, you know, you, you touched on it a little bit. I mean, <laughs> like they lost, you know, George Niang. They lose Shake Milton. They lose Jalen McDaniels. Then the Sixers keep Paul Reed in restricted free agency. They re-signed Montrez Harrell, you know, before he got hurt. And they signed Mo Bamba. And as of now, they took a clear step back on paper. And they're slightly over the tax after matching Reed's offer, which I think is going to lead to some other moves. Um, you know, but I mean, I, I guess just like kind of wrapping up on Harden. Um, you know, then the other scenario is like, okay, well, why the why the Clippers? And it's like, you saw Kawhi Lennon when he played last year when he wasn't hurt. Obviously, it's kind of the same risk factor there with Joel Embiid. Both are star players. Both have had injury-prone uh, uh, careers at times. Um, obviously, winning a championship isn't easy, but it's something Harden wants to do. Um, you know, and he's continuously been looking for a place where he's kind of loved and appreciated from a basketball fit-wise. We, we've seen it from Brooklyn to Philly and now potentially is his third team coming up. Um, you know, for him, it's it's an amazing market and an opportunity for James to play where he grew up. Um, Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard are all a little later in their career, so there's urgency there and a cohesiveness should be there. You know, with the with an owner that's willing to spend and, and Steve Ballmer and, and management. Um, I think you also got to look at the coaching factor. Um, you know, which which could be appealing there. Um, clearly, there were reports about him and Doc not getting along. Um, so there's every every reason for him to go. But you know, we we touched a little bit on that. Um, you brought up astutely that they're not a championship team with him, or with and, and they're certainly worse without him. But um, you look at that and then you say, okay, this could be like maybe a one year gap or a transition year rather. And you've got Embiid under contract, but as you and I both know, the entire league, and again, I'd like to point out the Knicks, um, you know, who've been waiting for a star with all their draft capital, will certainly be monitoring Philly's situation, uh, assuming they trade Harden. And from a team perspective, you know, you touched on Maxi a little bit. The Sixers can build around Embiid and Maxi looking ahead 
as franchise cornerstones, but we've seen what happens if a star player wants out. Now you went on Sirius XM radio recently and you touched on, they, they asked you about that possibility about Embiid um, with the Knicks or somewhere else. So a little bit of a multi-part question here, Keith, but I mean, let's say the Sixers trade Harden. And if you look at the Clippers, you kind of know essentially what players could be coming back if it goes down. So if that, if that happens, I mean, what do you think the morale of Joel Embiid would be at that point, knowing that pretty much Philly's probably taken a step back this season on paper and, uh, the follow-up to that would be, would he, do you see a world where he would want potentially to ask out of Philadelphia? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I do. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the thing with Joel Embiid, I, I think it all depends on um, how this stuff, this thing plays out. You know, I, I think that we're naive to think that Joel isn't paying attention to what's going on just like everyone else is. I mean, when you look at at this season, right, and we saw, you see how the Sixers lost three consecutive times in the second round, five of their, uh, five of Joel Embiid's six playoff appearances ended in the second round. And the one time that it didn't end that way, they were swept by the Boston Celtics in, in, in the bubble in the first round. So, but when you look at it, you look at other teams and you see the continuity, right? You, If it's like, you know, I'm talking about as, in regards to core players. Look at the Denver Nuggets. You know, you, you, you look at the Golden State Warriors now, and they, they keep changing role players, but for the most part, they have the same core. You look at um, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, the Boston Celtics, you know, things like that of that nature. And you see where the Sixers – and, you know, you say, okay, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Oh, Joel Embiid, uh, Jimmy Butler. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, J.J. Reddick, uh, Al Horford, on and on and on. And you see where Joel Embiid is a guy who, you know, he's 29 years old. You know, he, he has an injury history. Um, and he's not getting any younger. And this summer you look at it and it's like, hey, the Sixers are – going to make a move in, on the draft. They're going to trade into the draft. It didn't happen. Up, oh, they're going to make a splash in, you know, like free agency. They may be able to do something in and there. Uh, well, the the best uh, signing that they had, and, you know, it was a, he was a good player, but was re-signing Paul Reed, you know, the backup center. So if you're Joel Embiid, yeah, you're going to see how this thing plays out. But I think we all would be naive to think that, if it goes left, that he's not going to at least consider asking for a trade. I mean, I feel like when he made that statement um, a month ago, um, you know, uh, that every that everybody talked about his soundbite when he said, you know, either, and I'm paraphrasing, if it's in Philadelphia or anywhere else, you know, that that wasn't a statement made to the 76ers front office to be like, hey, look, I'm paying attention. And I do feel like that Joel Embiid could ask to go elsewhere because of that. And and again, I think that Joel Embiid wants to be a 76er. He wants to end his career here. But at the same time, you know, everybody, guys want to win championships. And they want to go to a place 
that's going to enable them to do that. I mean, Joel Embiid played with more co-stars and, and, and more had more teammates than arguably any other player in the NBA. And, you know, that's because of the process, because of all these other things. And if you notice, the one thing I'll say about the 76ers is, in my 10 years of covering this team, there's always been a reloading for the most part. I shouldn't say always, but for the most part, a reloading of the roster, like during the offseason. And Joel Embiid has been here nine years. So, yeah, I could see him asking to go out elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you look at Philly and their their tenure with Joel and, and the process to now, it's like, you know, they could have took Tatum over Fultz. They didn't do that. They could have kept Jimmy Butler over Ben Simmons. They didn't do that. Um, it, it, it's been interesting to see how they've kind of built around him, but you touch on he's kind of had a little bit of a revolving door when it comes to some co-stars, and, and James Harden appears to be the – the latest one uh, when you look at that. And um, I, look, everybody's going to have all eyes on on Joel, no question. And I mean, I think, you know, to that point, um, you know, P.J. Tucker's another guy that could just as easily be out the door too and was a key guy that they brought in recently. I mean, you know, James Harden and P.J. Tucker are great friends. And, you know, as I touched on, you know, Harden gave up a lot of money. Give him fifteen million or so for PJ and Daniel House to be on that Sixers team last year. And I um, mean, I previously touched on it on Hoop Site, but Tucker's come up in those trade talks with the Sixers and the Clippers. The Clippers covet Tucker's ability to guard multiple positions and you know defend the league's top posing scores. Um, so he could be on the way out too. But um, you know, you you touched a little bit on uh, you touched on Tyrese. You touched on. Daryl, I mean, let's, you know, let's pivot to Daryl because, you know, you touched a little bit on his future there and and how this, you know, eyes are going to be on him on this James Harden trade. And I mean, Daryl Morey has shown through his executive tenure with the Sixers and the Rockets that he's always been able to get star players. Obviously, he got James Harden for Simmons, etc. You know, if Harden is traded, Morey could go all in on cap space for next summer and try to pair another star with Embiid and, and Tyrese Maxey as the core going forward. Um, but as he as he looks to tinker with their roster, you touched on it. A lot of times they reload. The rebuild, the process, that that's past tense now. Um, and Daryl's not an executive that's gone through a rebuild, really. So I'm, I think you kind of alluded to it, but I certainly wonder how long... Daryl Morey could stay with the Sixers depending on what happens with the Harden trade and potentially a transformative summer for the team in, in 2024. I mean, does that thought also kind of cross your mind, you know, with him kind of making this potential trade, you're looking ahead for Harden, they take a step back. Like if they can't do stuff in free agency as they're kind of projected to as of now, whether that's acquiring guys with cap space in a trade or signing guys, I mean, how long do you think Daryl Morey could be the, the lead guy yeah. for Philly? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like to me when, you know, because everyone, the, the rhetoric that's coming out now is, well, you know, if we don't get it done this year, you know, we'll have a lot of cap space next year, right? So to me, it sounds like that gives you an you know, an extra year to see if you can get things done. But 
the problem is that Daryl Morey faces in regards to this is like, you know, before, you know, you had Doc Rivers, right? You could blame Doc. You could blame the process. You could blame a lot of other people. Well, right now, I think all eyes are on Daryl. You know, Daryl Morey came here um, to, to bring James Hart and part of the reason. Also, you know, Daryl Morey is arguably one of the, arguably the most recognizable front office executive in pro sports, right? You you can say that, arguably. Um, I, I feel like the fact that he took over a Sixers team, and if they don't get out of the second round, then, you know, he's going to take the blame, the brunt of it, you know, and and he could be the guy that, that goes. You know, I, I do. Because when you look at it, it's it's one of those things where um, before it was, you know, you blamed it on the coaching last year. Everyone said it was, you know, Doc Rivers. They People felt like the, the Sixers a couple adjustments away of getting out of the second round. Um, you know, you just look at it. If you're going to be real, I mean, you just look at it. You, you can't go anywhere else. You can't blame anyone. Now, of course, everyone's going to say, well, look at the Harden situation, you know, you know, this and that. That's a problem. But I feel like, you know, Daryl Morey is making a lot of money. He came in here and the 76ers were supposed to, you know, ascend to, to the hype that they've always received. And at the end of the day, you know, when Brett Brown was the coach, acting general manager, second round. When uh, when Elton Brand was, you know, leading the front office, second round. Now you got Daryl Morey. You have three max players or close to max players and, and, and Harden, Embiid, and Tobias Harris. And it will be the third season in a row if they don't get out. That, I mean, you that they ended their tenure and ended the season in, in, in the second round. So I think that, yeah, Daryl Morey, you know, he, he could be in trouble. He could be in trouble if they don't get out the second round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, real quick, just, just only because you brought up Brett Brown, one of the best accents in the game. I always remember when he would talk about Ben Simmons and he was like, Ben Simmons, guy is built like an ox. I coached his father. I I loved I loved Brett Brown's accent. He was always a fun guy who took a lot of he took a lot of bullets, man, for that the process. And he did it every day. And he was out in front of the media. I always gave him credit for that. Um, but you know, so you you know, you touched a little bit on the coaching with Brett Brown. So well, now they bring in Nick Nurse. And, you know, he's got the championship pedigree and whatnot because he won in Toronto. Okay. Um, his introductory press conference, he got asked about Harden and he was like, you know, I kind of gave a little bit of a non-answer. He's like, well, it's up to James and his decision, yada, yada. Um, I wonder how Nick Nurse, you know, would kind of feel about all this stuff going on with James and a potential trade. And because you look on paper and it's like, all right, what does he do with, Really, Tyrese and Embiid, and and you know, he's been known to play guys like heavy minutes. And for Joel, that's always interesting given his injury history. How do you see that that transition from Doc Rivers to Nick Nurse going for Philly? 
coming up uh, this season? No, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good transition. Uh, you know, I, I think that Nick Nurse is in a tough spot, though. You know, like I, I spoke to someone yesterday, so oh, Nick's not concerned. You know, he's not concerned. Like, you know, as long as this roster is, you know, ready for the, the playoffs, you know, he'll be okay. But I think he's in a tough spot. I think he's going to be a, a, he's a great coach. Great coach. I'll give him that. He thinks outside the box. But he's in a tough spot because you're taking over a team. And in that same press conference that you were talking about, he basically stressed that he knows the importance of them getting out of the second round this year, right? But right now, you you he doesn't know who's going to be on his opening day roster. No one does. No one does. And yes, we can say that he's going to make pit Joel in great situations. He's going to put Maxie in great situations. And we can all say, yeah, the, the playoffs do matter. That's where it starts. But if you're a first-year coach taking over a team, you want to know what type of utensils you're going to have when you start cooking the meal, not when you're finishing the meal. You know what I mean? Like, you want to know, like, what type of utensils, what the flour is going to be like. You want to start, like, when you bake the cake, you want to start with the flour. You don't want to, like, bring the flour in at the end. You you know what I'm saying? Like. It's, it's, it's like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, and then he's like, hey, you got to make this the best cake possible, but I don't have any flour. Well, hey, bro, we'll get it to you at the end. We'll like pause the oven and then just sprinkle it in there. Nah, it doesn't work that way. So to me, it's one of those things where it's a tough spot for them. And, and they're going to publicly say it's not. They, they, of course, because you always got to be positive, but it's one of those things where it's not an ideal situation for a, you know, Joel, you want to keep him happy, you know, maxi situ- situation, right. The, you know, going into his last year um, and the pressure that's, that's there when you don't know who's going to be on the team. So as good as a great coach he is, I mean, I think Red Arlback will have a tough time going into a season not knowing who the point guard is going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess in theory you might have to shift Tyrese Maxey there um, as as a ball handler, um, even though he's more of a combo guard kind of scorer. But yeah, I mean, with with the cooking and the flour, it cracked me up because I'm like, again, we touched a little bit on the off season. They they all right to me. You lost sprinkles. You lost fudge. And you lost the icing when you get let go of Niang, who I thought was a really good role player and a guy who brought an edge to them, uh, Shake Milton, and then Jalen McDaniels, uh, who they acquired, you know, by the trade deadline. Um, and so, you know, you touched on Tyrese. I, I guess last thing on Nick, I mean, I think he's certainly a good coach. Um, I think he'll maximize the roster. Um, but you touched on Tyrese. And with Tyrese Maxey, um, he is eligible for an extension. But Daryl Morey recently, for those who, who are listening who don't know, he recently was on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philly, and he was asked about the Sixers and, and not extending Tyrese Maxey right now. He said, because of the quirk of the CBA, we will be 
able to add a significant player next year before we extend Maxi, and he'll be a cornerstone once we do that with the franchise for a very long time. Now, maybe something will change if James Harden is traded. Depending on a potential Harden trade return, if they get back a lot of multi-year salaries, theoretically, um, then it could make sense to extend Maxi in theory. Um, as for Maxi himself, there's no reason to sign an extension unless it's the max, period. Uh, bottom line. So, I mean, Keith, you kind of touched on Tyrese. Now, previously, um, when we had done a poll for breakout player of the year, him and uh, Tyrese Halliburton were the two top names and both had pretty good years. So, two-parter there is, as we kind of wrap up here with the Sixers, for Tyrese, can he be an all-star if Harden is gone and he's the primary playmaker? And two, do you see any change on an extension stance from Philadelphia um, before the deadline? I don't see a change right now. I mean, now, you know, I'm hearing that you know, they could be working on something. Don't be surprised, you know, this and that. But I, I like, but I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I mean, it could happen. I don't see it. I mean, for two folds. And here's the reason. Like, let's, let, let's, let's be real. Like, it's easier as much as they like, as much as they like Tyrese Maxey, as much as they like Ty, love Tyrese Maxey, the Sixers are on a win now mode. And if there's a way that you could, Get just I'm just throwing it out there, Dame Lillard. But you got to keep Maxi salary right now the way it is, right? To get it out there. Well, I mean, I I think Maxi as much as they love him, but if you could get Dame and 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 and, and let Maxi go, believe me, you're gonna get Dame, right? You think, right? I mean, you 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 would think that, right? Um. So I, I I don't see it. I don't. Now it could happen, but I just don't see it because also, like another thing, if you do keep him, then what happened is you can go out there and get a a max player, and then give him money on top of that, right? Now in regards to him being an all star type player, I I like Maxi more off the ball. I feel like he's a better player, and like you said, if James is here, I think James is the type of guy who gets Maxi in great situations. I don't know if you want Maxi to be the point guard, and I don't know if Maxi is going to be as impactful because he is going to have to get Joel involved. He's going to have to get other teammates involved, and I think that's going to take a lot away from his offense, his offensive impact. So I think if you if you kept James, we could see Maxi continue in ascending, if Maxi has to be the primary, I think Maxi's going to lose some of his luster. Not being his being great for the team, but some of his explosion, offensive explosion, is going to go. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, the Dame Lillard stuff. I mean, look again. In theory, I think Tyrese would be one of the better players that a team like Portland can get. But again. You know, we all, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, folks. Yeah, you know, like the, the Dame Lillard uh, situation. I mean, uh did speak to Dame uh, before free agency and everything kind of shook out. 
um, on Hoops Hype, if you didn't see that he, in our interview, that was that was fun. Um, but, you know, Dame's another player that, you know, reportedly has his eyes set on a team and whatnot. We don't got to get into all that, but I think if you're, I think if you're Philly, um, there's still a lot to monitor with this team. Um, I mean, I'll say this, Keith, you've always had something to write about between the process, whether, you know, Ben Simmons getting Harden, now the James Harden (laughs) trade talks, like, um, it's almost like a soap opera, like as the world turns, but, um, they are always uh, certainly worth monitoring and certainly worth reading your coverage at the Philly Inquirer on it. I appreciate you taking some time out to join me, brother. And I do hope at some point you get to have some downtime for for the summer, man, with your family. Yeah, we're supposed to have a family reunion next week. So can y'all pause stuff for a week? <laughs> but no, it's all good. It's You're all gonna, good. Thanks for having me on your podcast. My pleasure, bro. You're going to be on a grill and... Uh, I don't know. Maybe something will go down or not. You'll be flipping the burger. And then the next thing you know, you throw it over the fence. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll see, man. But thanks again for joining me, Keith. And I want to thank everybody else for tuning in as well. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoops High podcast with guest appearances from NBA coaches, players, executives, media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can keep up on my tweets on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Keith as well. He is at Pompey on Sixers. That's P-O-M-P-E-Y on Sixers. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best. <laughs>